0: What you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh.
1: Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focused on personal and home technology, helping provide you, our fellow brothers and sisters in tech, with some information, assistance, and recommendations. Hi, everybody. This is Alan hello. Jackson, Brian Jackson over to my left. It switched sides on us, Brian. I, uh, yeah. I think beforehand I was on the left, you were on the right.
0: Now I'm super confused. You no, know, I think the um, yeah, the system seems to have prioritized certain people now and kind of moved me up to the to first seat. So hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Brothers in Tech. <laughs>
1: It, it listened to our prep for the show and was like, Brian, I feel like might be a little more <laughs> authorized for this topic, so we're going to move him up on the chain there. Uh, this is Brothers in Tech, Alan and Brian Jackson. We are real-life brothers, brothers in tech. Uh, we pretty much do this podcast because this is all we really ever talk about, uh, the two this of is us. the only um, reason you and I would
0: talk, really, isn't it? This is it. Yeah. We
1: share no other interest, I don't think. Um. We're not well, always we the have, biggest fans of the same movies. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't, we, I don't know if we listen to exactly the same music. Um, we don't
0: cheer for the same teams. No, we do no. not. No.
1: But when it comes to technology, that is our, that is our common ground. That we, is our area where we are, we are able correct. to talk. So we're just letting everybody else in on our conversations about technology. Because um, I know there's a lot of people out there, Brian, and I, because I still talk to people just about every day that are serving as that IT person for either their family, their group of friends, whatever it may be, just because they happen to know how to do something technology-wise, they become that person. Yep. Hey, I'm looking to buy a new computer. Who do I need to call? I'm going to call this person. So we want to be a resource. We're we're in that boat, too. We get that. And we want to be a resource for everybody out there, either for those people that get called on for those questions to maybe arm them with even more information or knowledge, or maybe you're that person making all those phone calls and you're thinking, you know what, I'm kind of bugging this person too much. I want to learn some of these things myself. So that's why we are here with this show and with brothers in tech. Um, you know, and we, yeah, we that was a really
0: pretty good intro, Alan, even though you're in the second chair now, that was pretty, that was pretty good.
1: Yeah. 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 I think I've added pressure. There's added pressure. I I feel like I've got something to prove. Um, So today's topic, Brian, we're going to talk about passwords, and um, as secret as they are, we are still going to talk about the idea of a password Um, for a couple reasons. A is something we you and I've been wanting to talk about for a while. We've kind of had batting around as a potential topic for a little while, Um, and then there's been some recent. I mean, I think every year there seems to be some evolution with what they're trying to do with passwords and how we security. can manage our passwords yeah. and security purposes. And just lo and behold, our last episode where we talked about announcements that Apple made at their worldwide developers conference, one of the announcements that we didn't touch on was their next level version of passwords or technically replacing passwords. Yep. So we're going to talk about that later in this conversation, but we thought it would be a good time to talk about different ways to manage passwords. Because obviously, as everybody knows, password, login and passwords are the key to doing just about anything online these days. Uh, We have so many websites, so many services, so many streaming services, so many apps, subscriptions, everything else that requires a password. And it can be very overwhelming. Brian, I don't know if you've ever looked at your own internal list of safe passwords that are managed for you and how many there are.
0: Yeah. It's, it's pretty scary. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, to think that we used to have to memorize or find some way to write those down or keep them somewhere, maybe using the same password over and over again for different sites, just because we remember it. Hackers are just way, way too productive these days. And, uh, Even even if you've got a great password, if you're using that same password on multiple sites, right. chances are pretty high it's going to get found out somehow or another. Um, yeah, so- and, the, and,
0: the, and those things are starting to uh, – systems are starting to notify you of that, which is kind of eye-opening, right? When you start to look at some of the password managers or even, um, even kind of the built-in um, password uh, control uh, options that we'll talk about today mm-hmm. – Occasionally, they're starting to notify you now. They're going. By the way, you know this password is being used, you know x number of times, or you know that this has already been compromised. You know that you need to change this. And um, and I think that I think we're realizing, for one, not to give away the entire you know ending of the episode. I think we are getting to the point where passwords are going to go away eventually, mm-hmm. but it's going to take a while for that to happen because. Okay. You know this is this is the new system, right? It, it used to be okay. We needed um, a USB key, or we needed uh, you know an actual physical key, you know, in order to get into a door. Well, now you can get in with your thumbprint. There's all evolutions of the security, and then you know, lo and behold, as you said, you develop a system you think is secure, and then the hackers find a way to make it not secure. And by the time they've found it not to be secure, now we're kind of behind the eight ball, trying to figure out another way of doing it. So. Um, so I think this is good for us to talk about because we are still in the password mode. We are still in that system where passwords are the thing, as you said. Um, if you don't, if you're not willing to create a password, well, you're not willing to get access to things, <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. they're going to make you have a password. So, um, so hopefully we'll hopefully we'll give some advice today, or at least some options to be able to to manage those passwords, given that we have so many of them now. Um, so.
1: Well, and of course, I think the thing that's the most telling for all, so many of us is as we really sit back and think about our own personal use of passwords. I'm not going to out anybody on this, okay? But I know right at the top of my head, a large number of people I come into contact with on a very, very regular basis that keep their passwords still written down somewhere some are listed somewhere very visible and using the same password as much as they possibly can yeah. and again, I think that's worked for a lot of people in their mind anyway for many many years so people are kind of real hesitant to change and look at any other way to manage passwords but uh, as we alluded to, hackers and exploiters are just getting so much more creative and so much more productive on their end it uh, it, it really it's really causing us to look at some different ways to elevate our game when it comes to managing passwords in the sheer number as well. I mean, that's, (laughs) I can remember Brian when, you know, years ago, when we were really starting to get inundated with websites that we would have to log into and create accounts for. I did for a while, I got in the habit of just using the same password on every site. This was many, many years ago. And sure enough, I would come to that one website where it'd say, okay, entering your password Oh, and this password, you need to have two special characters and my favorite stored uh, used uh, <laughs> password only had one special character. So then I had to start creating a second version of my favorite password to use in these other sites. And it just ex- exploded from there. So all of a sudden I'm like, wow, okay, now I get it. I'm um, a, it's not even technically feasible. in all cases to use the same password in every site. B it's definitely not encouraged or, or, or something you should do. So naturally we've just been forced to look at how do we manage passwords, how do we manage all the passwords we have to keep up with. How can we do it easily? How can we do it um, where we don't have to memorize a lot of things, hopefully, in the future. Even though you're right, in the years to come, I think this is all going to be kind of a a little bit of a moot point as we get to biometrics and other ways we're using to protect our our identity online. But let's let's talk about these levels, Brian. I think we identified there's Mm -hmm. really three levels in our mind of password management how do you keep track of manage and make the best security use of your passwords possible And let's start at that bare bones level like i just kind of <laughs> described with people i know um that is this idea of well i just write the passwords down somewhere yep. okay hard copy so i have somewhere. i have mm-hmm. a hard copy i've got my list of websites and i put my login and password in, in a book and it's you know, uh, there may be some people chuckling as they hear us describe this as an entry level, but rest assured, this is still what a lot of oh, people yeah. are doing. Yep. Now it may have gone to a digital note taking where, you know, using like a note program in your in your computer to write them all down, whether it's a handwritten on your side of your computer or written into like a word document or a notes document or something on your computer. It's the same idea. You are physically typing them in somewhere into a running list to keep up with your passwords. There are pros and cons with each of these levels, Brian. So what's, what's the pros on doing the old fashioned hard copy, sticky notes on the side of your monitor or writing them down in a journal somewhere.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, again, we will, we'll laugh at it because we're, we're digital people and tech people, but, uh, you know, that person who does that knows exactly where they are and they know who entered them and they know that, uh, they're very unlikely to lo- to lose them. Um, you know, I have a, uh, a family member who does that and they have a, a password book, and they know it's on the shelf. You wouldn't know the book. Even if you looked at the row of books, you wouldn't know which one is the password. She has taken, you know, certain pages in there and started to write over and over and over. But that's exactly where they are. And, you know, and that person understands that every time I go and change a password, it tells me to change a password. I'm going to pull that book out. I'm going to scratch it out. I'm going to put the new one. Just like the address book. I mean, my, you know, I, my wife, is so much better at keeping track of, you know, sending on uh, sending uh, birthday wishes and all that stuff. I mean, Alan, you know, you just had a birthday, right? You got a card from mm-hmm. us, hopefully. So I did. Hopefully you got yep. it. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. So she's so much better at it, but she still has a, an actual address book. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like, whoa, this is baffling, right? That you would have an actual address book. But she says, I know exactly where things are. I know when I update them. I know that things saved, right? There is no save mm-hmm. function, right? I know that it's there. Um, and I guess if you're if you're the one managing it, if you're the only one accessing it, and you know where it is, um, that's some real pros, right? Is that it's it's there, it's not going to go anywhere. Um, it's very very hard to steal, right? I mean, just think about the you know the comparison of the likelihood that a, a hacker is going to find your password on your computer versus a person coming into your house and stealing your password book off of a shelf. Right. Very unlikely. Um, so I think that, you know, when it comes to security, it really is a secure a secure way of doing that, um, especially if you take an extra step and instead of saying, this website has this username and password, but if you have a way of having a code yourself of like, this is, you know, I know what this means and I know what email address this is or I know part of the rest of it,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: those things. So I think there are, you know, Again, we, we laugh at it because I would never do it again. I've kind of gone beyond that, uh, or at least I think I've gone beyond that. Hopefully, I haven't regressed. Um, but I think those are those are actual pro- uh, positives to to doing that. Yeah. Now, of course, there's some obvious negatives, right? Very so obviously. What, what's the negative? What's the negatives? well?
1: I mean, it is a physical list that you have to keep up with or have access to anytime you're on a computer. So. This was maybe a little better method for people when you had a desktop computer at your home right. and that was the only computer you had. Keep that journal list of passwords right next to the computer. Eh, kind of makes sense. But now we're on our mobile devices. Now we're on sometimes multiple computers or tablets or other devices. Having that password list with you everywhere you go becomes very inconvenient or sometimes very difficult. There's nothing worse than saying, okay, well, all of my passwords are written in this journal somewhere but that journal is not with me <laughs> and right. I now need to log into places. I'm now stuck. I have no way to get into those places. Um, it is limited. I mean, it's prone to error. It is, uh, you know, you're really basically just writing down login and password website address right. without That's any it. other information to, to help you with managing them. Um, I mean, let's be obvious with this. I mean, all these things are prone to damage or loss or, misplacing or, or or whatever it may be. Sticky notes I've seen on monitors, that's great. But what if that sticky note falls off and then all of a sudden yeah. you're gone and you have nothing to show up with it? So there's all these things that are obviously very kind of negatives about it. Now, even if you're someone that says, I'm still very, very uh, bound on writing them down, I don't want to use a, a service to manage my passwords. Some people are still moving to doing it to an, an online, or not an online, but a digital list Yeah. So you open up Microsoft Word, you open up a notes document, and that's where you save all your passwords. That makes a little more sense because it's always with you wherever your computer is and you have it accessible to you. But it's still putting it all in one place. The biggest downside for me, Brian, of of doing the old-fashioned way, that hard copy or digital list that you manually create, is I just find it to be really slow to use. I mean, okay, every time you go to a website, you're now scanning that list of you your passwords up, right? on your list and finding that website, typing in the login, then typing in the password. And of course, remember, websites a lot of times will force you to reset your password every so often. So then you're going back to your journal. You're having to find your password, you're having to blank out the one that was before, putting in a new one. It starts to become a little unwieldy, and I think there's to be some problems there. This was probably great when we had five websites that we visited on a regular basis or so had passwords. And it was easy to keep up with, but we're not there anymore. We are way past that. Right. So um, there's a lot of cons to me, a m- lot more cons than there are pros on the more uh, hard copy or digital list version of this.
0: So, yeah, yep. Well, so then what's the next level? Right. So if that's the entry level, right, you know, yeah. having to have one, one location, hard copy, manually kind of keeping it up. What's the next level?
1: So the next level is something that a uh, computer manufacturer system developers really started rolling out m- many, many years ago. This idea of allowing you to type in a login and password on a website, but then save it into your computer, either browser or in your computer system Two kind of very prominent ways in my mind that I, I've, I, see these um, on, because we're Mac guys, we use Macs all the time. So the Apple operating system, especially at Safari browser, will allow you to save your login and password in a yep. stored file on the computer. Now, this is nice because what this means is that when you go back to the website, you can have it prompt you to automatically fill in your login and password from that saved file. So you don't have to remember it. You really just know that, you know, yes this is this is this is where i've got it saved in my browser or my computer system is storing this for me that's good there's some pros and cons here as well yeah um but at least the one thing i will say is a little bit of a pro over the first level how we're getting a little bit better with it is you can have a very unique password very easily for every website or service you go to and not have to worry about remembering it writing it down, keeping it logged anywhere else. So there's some pros there, but we're also going to talk about some cons with this idea as well. Um, I'll admit convenience wise, it's super convenient. Incredibly, Go to a website yeah. and you just say, okay, I'm logging into my Google account. And look, there's three different emails and passwords that I've had saved on Google. And I can just pull one of those up and it auto fills the password in and I'm on my way. It's convenient. It's convenient. Um, it is inexpensive and in that it's free. It's a free service that is built into the Mac OS or Google. Google Chrome browser will allow you to save your passwords. I believe other uh, standard web browsers will do the same thing. Um, and one thing that is nice also with at least on the Mac side, I don't know if Google does this. I'm not sure if windows does it where if you did go to a website for the first time and you were putting in a brand new login and password it could actually offer to generate for you a password that is a much, much more cryptic, longer term, longer yeah. password. The idea being that if it's going to save it for you, you don't have to remember it. So you can really make it as complex as possible. It takes a little bit of pressure off of you to have to make a password that's super secure because this one will be very, very secure level and you don't have to remember it. Um, yep. But Brian there there are some cons to this approach too yeah. of letting yep. the browser letting the computer I'm going to bring up an example on just of what I'm talking about I realize it may be kind of hard for people who are not familiar or are using this very often what we're talking about but this is the example from Google if on a, using Google Chrome in your settings there is a place for autofill and it will save your passwords Uh, if you choose for it to if you type in a login and password at a a prompt it'll ask you would you like to save this and if you choose to save it it will keep a running list in the background of all your logins and passwords now these are at your fingertips to pull up anytime you go to a web page and uh and go in with that so this is what google chrome will do i know again microsoft edge has some options like this mac uh, has it on the safari browser so it's nice. It's convenient. It's simple. But Brian, what are the downsides for doing this kind of stored password, login passwords on the computer browser itself?
0: Well, I'll tell you the the I mean the the biggest fallback for me is, you know, if I'm if I'm using Safari, let's say, and I'm using its built-in you know password manager, then I go and use another computer a non a Mac computer, I don't have Safari, or maybe they has Safari, but it's certainly not tapping into my Safari and my preferences. And then all of a sudden I'm losing, losing the ability to access those. Right. So I get, I get a little lazy, right. And mm-hmm. that it's, it's filling it in for me. And therefore I'm not really remembering the password. I'm not remembering why I set up the password for that particular uh, site. So the, the ease of use can also lead to com- complacency with your passwords and then of course your your passwords are being tied to a particular browser or a particular system. So it's fine if I'm on, you know, any of my Apple devices because they're all all of those passwords can get synced through iCloud or some sort of online storage. That means that whatever device that I have logged in, I should have access to those same passwords, right? If I choose to to store them that way. Um, and it also works, you know, with something like Firefox or Chrome. As long as you're signed in on whatever computer you sign in through the browser as you and then it recognizes your passwords that you've you've saved through there. So I think there's you know, there's some good things there. But the the negatives, obviously, is that the, the additional layer of security really has been removed or at least that it's one step closer to being accessible right mm-hmm. now. I will say I'm I'm still I'm still feeling fairly confident with security at that point. If the passwords are uni- uniquely created, if nobody else has access to your computer, right? If you're not giving someone access to your computer, because of course the ability to log into your computer, the ability to be able to um, you know, use biometrics. So I use biometrics to be able to access those passwords. I use my fingerprint to say, yes, this is me. Give me access to that password. Um, so therefore someone else has to have access to, my either biometrics or the pa- the main password to get to my other passwords. And of course, that's the case with any password manager. If someone has your main password or your main biometrics, they can get access to any of your passwords, right? So I think that there's, you know, there's a layer there that may seem like it's a little less secure. And I agree that anytime I'm saving something to a browser, and especially just it kills me to save something to Google, who I know has access to so much about me, right? To say, by the way, here's my passwords. Um, I do think that with with as much as Google and Apple uh, have put into security behind these password uh, managers, these built in elements, that, that I do I do feel fairly confident. I'm I'm much more concerned about reused passwords and those being, you know, gobbled up and understood and and kind of saved by some other third party. Realizing that I've you know used or reused a password so many times, and then starts to pretend it's me. I'm much more worried about that than I am some of the saved passwords within the uh, the system and browser. But I could be naive. Alan, tell me, uh, you know, tell me your thoughts on it.
1: Well, I mean, there is some value to the uh, to the idea that I know there's not value. There's some concern to the concept of these are login and passwords that are still being stored. <laughs> inside your computer in a file. I mean, technically, even I know on on the Mac, you can actually go to a program and view all the saved passwords and log in. So yep. they're there and they are accessible. Um, you're right. There are more layers than there have been before to get to that point. You know, I have a thumbprint or finger or touch ID turned on on my laptop that you have to have my master password or my my fingerprint to get into my computer in the first place. Then if I were to go actually view my list of saved passwords in my browser, I've got to actually authenticate again. So it's adding some layers to it. I mean, it's still technically the information is still sitting on your computer. And there is an argument to be made that if it's sitting on your computer um, as as an actual login and password, it's still accessible to somebody. Um, So that's still a concern level. But I guarantee you this is where most people are right now. If I had to guess, I think this is where uh, the minute your browser popped up and said, hey, would you like for us to save this password so you don't have to remember it (laughs) any next time? (laughs) Most people clicked on yes with that. Uh, A lot of people I know, a lot of people I think make up a pretty good representation of the the computing uh, population are doing this. So there are some dangers. There are some concerns there. I feel like it's better security wise than having it just written on a notepad on your computer, because that is a truly open document. Somebody gets access to your computer. They can get to that document right away. These are a little bit hidden behind a couple more layers of security, but, um,
0: Alan, you you mentioned
1: the convenience with the security side. And and I think we're getting a little better security. We're definitely getting a lot more convenient.
0: Well, and I think this is exactly why passwords are not going to be around
1: for too much much.
0: longer is that there was password fatigue, you know, initially it was like, oh, thank goodness, you're asking for a password. I feel so much more confident about you as a, as an entity on the web, because you're allowing me to have a password. So therefore I can make it secure. And then we get to the point where it's like, okay, now you need to remember 500 passwords. And by the way, they all need to be different, right? And if you reuse them, then you're, you've got a problem. Well, there's a, there's a point in time where people realize, okay, now you're telling me I have to create passwords that is just getting ridiculous, right? And mm-hmm. so they are reusing passwords or they're saving passwords in a different way. So when you get that option, hopefully, right, that layer of security is still somewhat there that they're not, um, you know, that they're not kind of throwing around the the saving of these things and saying, oh, let me, you know, let me enter my password, you know, without security to this particular website, which of course can then be nefarious about it. Alan, you mentioned the, um, you know, so with, with Apple, they have the, the suggested password. So okay, you're getting ready to create a password. Let us create a really what is it, 26 characters or something? Or it's yeah, like the, like you know, that. let me create this, this key that is very hard, not impossible, but very hard for others to be able to tap into and guess, right? Do you use that? How often do you use that?
1: I have I have used it on a couple of occasions, yes. Okay. I have if used it a couple so- as
0: well, but it's it's not your standard, I'm assuming. You it's not. Standard, and you know. for
1: a a real primary reason yep. that I think we're talking, we're going to talk about as a, as a con with this approach too, is I, I use multiple web browsers in yep. my daily computer life. I use different devices on my computing life. So to have all of my passwords you know, created and saved on uh, my Mac operating system is great. But the minute I have to hop onto a different device or even a different browser, like Google Chrome, yep on my Mac will not use those saved login and passwords on my Mac system. Um, that's when the problem comes in because then I'm basically having to create two different lists of passwords based on what browser I'm in. And that's not, that's not a winnable yep. situation. Yep. So no,
0: that's, that's I exactly mean, granted,
1: I know yeah. why Apple Safari or Chrome do these things then get you locked in on their browser and using their browser for login passwords, you come back to their browser. You're going to use their browser as much as you can because you don't want the inconvenience of having multiple login and passwords to keep up with. But again, for somebody like me where I'm using both web browsers throughout the day, sometimes I'm on different devices, different computers. it's It's not a viable thing to, A, have Apple create or have the system create these really long cryptic passwords that, I'm never going to re- be able to document or, re- or remember. And I kind of have steered away from using the safe passwords for some of those same reasons. Um, yeah. So there are still some cons with, with this approach. Um, yeah. I think we're moving yeah. up the chain. We're getting a little better with it, but there's still some gaps there. Um, yeah. It's the most convenient. It's the most accessible. It's the one that I guarantee you more people as they power up their computer default to and use nowadays than ever before. Because it is super, super convenient. But yeah. um, but there are some trade-offs there. They're getting you locked into their operating system. They're getting you locked into your, that browser. And they want you coming back to that browser every single time because your passwords are saved there for you.
0: Yeah. And, and honestly, if you've got a family member, we talked about the purpose of this podcast, but if you've got a family member that ha- has the ability to be simple with their computing life, one computer and a phone, something like that, then I think this, these are great methods to use to say, well, let's get you on an ecosystem. Let's, you know, every time it tells you to set up a password, set that password right. Tell it to to use the complex password right, so that you at least are creating this layer of security, knowing that the only time that you are really doing computing is through one of these two devices, and those two devices are always going to have access to it. I think that that is that is a really good method to have, and it's probably better than that same person going and writing them down. Forgetting, a, forgetting about updating one, you know, having to restart, reset passwords all the time. I mean, I think that—that that to me is where the the problems really get to be problematic. You know, yeah. get to be interesting is when someone says, "Oh, well, I forgot it. I have to reset it," and be resetting it means now all of a sudden there's a layer in which you're either not going to remember it or you've now had to enter it in multiple times. And you know, if people are really concerned about Big Brother on their computers you know, entering, entering in the password, which potentially has the ability to be hacked, uh, what you're entering into the computer, then I think that's, that's problematic. So having something where this is creating it for you, but as we know, most people are not in that world. They're not in a one computer, one phone, you know, or two device situation. They're in, uh, you know, they're, they're as we are. Where right? we occasionally you're going to use someone else's computer. Occasionally you're going to use a shared computer and need still need access to um, whether it's your bank account or whatever uh, on some other platform. So mm-hmm. so let's talk about how do you get past all of these, Alan. What what's the what's the next yeah? Step?
1: I think right now before we talk about the future of passwords, I mean the, kind of the yeah. if you're going to be managing traditional passwords and really looking to manage your password life. There are tools and services that have been around for a while now that really specialize in doing this. And they do alleviate a lot of the cons that we talked about with the other two levels of password management. And these are dedicated password management applications. So there are several vendors. We're going to spotlight a few of them, just kind of talk about. Their whole purpose is to create an application, a program for you, a system that you log into, where it will then become the source of saving logins and passwords for websites services and places you log into it's all protected by a master password setup that you can also lock to biometrics like a thumb id or touch id to make sure you are able to get high level security on that master password but that master password then unlocks all of your other passwords for other other service you saved on it these apps are ones that will either run on your computer Uh, many of them allow you to install like little uh, plugins on your Mm -hmm. web browser. So if you're using Safari, you're using Google Chrome, they will have a little icon that gets installed for this particular program. So if you come to a login or password prompt on a website, you can touch that little icon and it will then automatically populate with you. As long as you've authenticated that you've logged into the service, it will drop in the right login and password for you. Now, Already, this sounds a lot like what we described on the previous (laughs) level. There's a couple differences here, though. Uh, One is that these apps, if you get the really good ones and some of the ones we're going to talk about, they're cross-platform, meaning you can install them on various machines, various devices. They work between iPhone and and, uh, iPads and And Macs Android Android and Windows. I mean, you can install them everywhere. So that way, you know, every device that you work with on a regular basis can all be logged in the same account, and they're all pulling from that same master locked file of passwords that you've set up, and they can automatically generate or plug them in for you. So again, you're not having to type any logins or passwords, but you are having to log in and authenticate yourself on every device to use this particular app or service, okay? So Ryan, let me show a couple of examples of what we're talking about here. I want to bring up a couple on the screen here for us. Uh, let's see. I think I've got this. Here we go. So one of the ones in particular, uh, 1Password, and that's mm-hmm. the number 1Password.com. Uh, again, a very robust password manager. So it allows you to obviously log into all the websites with uh, an automatically uh, saved login and password. But A, it's not saving them in an accessible file on your computer. It is saving them in an encrypted file. And I think some of them even doing cloud-based where it's encrypted and saved up in a cloud storage. So it's not just locally accessible. It's not something you could just go to a search on your computer and find right. the file where it's saving these. But the idea is that you can install it on your computer. You install it on your phone or your, your iPad. As long as you've logged in and authenticated on your different devices, then whenever you save a login and password from a website – It becomes accessible to all of the devices where you've installed this this application. You can also, which is kind of nice, imagine, Brian, you're on a trip somewhere and you're going to be getting on a computer that's not yours, you've never used before. You're not going to be able to install 1Password on it as an application. But you can also log into a 1Password web portal. And view your login and password, so at least you still have access to them, and you can still take them and paste them into a website that you want to visit. So to know that it's accessible anywhere you go on any device is good. Um, and security becomes pretty important for these companies because this is what they're this is what they're designed for. I mean, need to make sure everything stays as safe as possible. Um, so this is one password, for example. I went ahead and installed it here. Just I've got it running on my computer just to show you what you're talking about. If you come to a page, this is a apple.com. If you're signing into their Apple store, I can click in here. And as you can see, it's got an icon. Now a little one password icon where I can say, I want to use that. And it's going to ask me, you don't see the prompt on the screen, but it's prompting me to use my finger. I uh, touch ID to actually authenticate using one password. And when I do that, It now sees, oh, I remember, and it sees my little drop down. It um, it gives me something I can fill in. So now when I go to the password side, it's going to also fill that in for me as well. So, again, it's all doing it through authenticating with my finger, my touch ID here, if that's what I choose to use as my verification process. Um, And everything's safe. So I'm doing this in Google Chrome. I could hop over to my Safari and do the same thing, and as long as I've got the actual uh, plugins they give you installed on your different browsers and you can use them in all different forms. Um, It takes what we were describing before about saving it within the browser password manager and just broadens it out to a cross platform across devices, but also higher level of security. And that these are encrypted files in many cases, stored up in a cloud that is bringing down and syncing with your computer Not as accessible for just somebody going through and hacking into your computer itself.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and not Uh, not only not just cross-platform, but cross-browser. I think is really key. Right, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah. So you can go to Google Chrome, and you can go to Firefox, and then within the same system, it's still tapping into the same password manager, um, and you can do that on multiple devices. So I think that's a that's that's probably the number one. Reason to look for one of these. I mean, yes, increase security. I agree. I, I, I'm pretty sure it is doing that. But, um, but I also am pretty comfortable myself with Apple and their ability to kind of encrypt my information when it goes to iCloud and that sort of thing. But, um, but now having the ability to go cross-browser, cross-platform, always have access, uh, and their, again, their yeah, as you said, their their business. Is on security. So to me, when I when I when I'm looking for one of these, because I did have one password at one point, uh, I went through and looked at several of these. Certainly, I would only I would only use one that has been used a lot, and there's a lot of articles written about it, and there's a lot of people that have reviewed it. Because you know, for them to then have a password breach uh, or a security breach is a huge huge deal, and so when and they know that their business is out of business if they have a big you know, security breach. So yeah. when I know it's a company that's been around a while that they're, you know, they're making their money off of being secure, um, which is what they do, then I'm, you know, I get much more comfortable with it. But the ability to go sure. cross, cross-platform, cross the ability to go cross-browser, the ability to have other people that you share, you know, Alan, you didn't, you didn't mention the, one of the cool things about a lot of these is that you can then say, give access to someone mm-hmm. this particular password right? It's like share that with them. Maybe I have this really long password and I can then share it with them and maybe even have a way that it, you know, allows me to then go and change it right after the person's used it or giving them some some initial access. But I think there's a lot of cool features that could help to, you know, alleviate some of the the stress behind passwords.
1: Yeah. So this is this is one password, the application. So again, these services are Not only things you plug into your browser so you can actually click them, click a button and have it auto-fill for you, but you can also open up the actual application. For example, the 1Password application you get if you become a subscriber to their service. And this is where you can add new passwords manually if you just know some login and passwords that you want to go and type in yourself. But as Brian was just saying, you've got some options. Like this is just a sample. I just put one up here as a demo. But I can actually go in and add to a favorites list and kind of create my own little favorite passwords that I'm common, commonly having to view or, or manage in a certain way. But I do have a share option, like you were talking about, if I want to share with somebody this particular login and password, I can do that. And I also have a private link that I can use as well to get right into this one password. Yeah. So I like all the, all the ways you can organize it. It's a lot better than the Apple built-in management of your passwords. Uh, favorites. Watchtower is nice in that what it does is it's taking a look at every security uh, issue out there going on with breaches, and it's comparing it against your safe set of passwords and letting you know if there's reused passwords, if there's ones that just showed up on any kind of breach externally, it's going to flag those for you, give you an overall rating of how your overall password strength is, and really note for you those that are more suspect or possible ones for a breach. Yeah. So it's just, it's nice to have a kind of a dedicated app that's really going to manage all this for you and notify you of everything that could be of a concern with your password management. So, again, like you said, Apple, Google Chrome, some of these services do a little bit of that. I know Apple will notify me if I have a password that's being used too many times in too many places. I just feel like the order, if you really want to take it to the right level, having an app that's really dedicated on doing nothing but managing this for you really makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. So. And now, and another cool part about, um, so when when you go with a manager like this, obviously just saving your passwords is probably not enough to keep them in business, you know, for them to say, hey, we're better than the thing that's already built into your computer that saves it for free. So a lot of these also provide some other benefits. You mentioned the, um, the audit kind of function where it can keep track of things, but also things like when I was using OnePass before, I had copies of my social security card in there. I had copies of my driver's Mm -hmm. license in there. I had copies of lots of my passport in there. I wanted the ability to say, this is all the stuff I want secure, but I want access to them. I want to always have access to them at some point. And I don't want to just save them as a photo on my phone. I feel much more comfortable if it's being saved uh, kind of in this locked feature. So, you know, obviously credit card information, that's an obvious one. It's going to fill in, but a lot of those other things that, you know, you don't think to yourself, Oh, you know what? I have those in a, in a lockbox, and I only have access to them. If I come home, you know, and look in that, um, that safe, but now you can potentially save them behind a firewall as well, which is kind of nice.
1: Can I just say for the record too, um, this is one thing I believe is going to be rectified in the new Mac operating system, but right now, Wireless routers, meaning your wireless networks, where you, if you log into a wireless network, let's say you have your home Wi Fi network or a work one, and you have to have a password or passcode to get into that that Wi Fi network. You can have it save on your phone, where, you know, if you're connecting your phone to it, it saves the password. But have you ever tried to actually get that password back out, like to see what the password was for that wireless network, Brian?
0: Hmm. I don't know if I have. Yeah. I mean, I know where, I know where they are. I know where the, you know, where it says, this is a, this is a network that I remember that I remember that I remember. Um, but I don't know. But if you actually go into, to, you,
1: you can't go back in and retrieve the password.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So the
1: problem there is, okay, well, I, uh, you know, I just had this happen today. I had to I was setting up for an event at a, at a place and had multiple devices. I was trying to get on the same Wi-Fi network and I have it saved on one computer or one phone. And I'm trying to find the password because I want to get the other ones logged in that same network and I can't get to it. So wireless routers is one of the options on one password and these other services to save as well. Now, I do believe the latest version of the Mac OS is going to be coming out this fall. I do think that one of the things they said is that you would be able to actually see oh, Wi-Fi nice. passwords if you chose to, if you logged in authenticated. So that way it's accessible to you. But right now they're not, which I think is kind yeah. of interesting. Um, so yeah, a lot of things you're saying that you can actually add into a a company into a program like one password outside of just purely login and passwords for websites, reward yeah, it, programs, people, yeah. all those things. Yeah. Right there, I was going to
0: say bank account. Right, bank accounts one of those that I mean there's there's a number of times that I need to know the bank account number. Either I'm making a call because something has happened and they need to know what's your account number or what's the last four digits of your account number or some of these things, and I may not be at home. The only place I really know how to get that is, you know, in my my statement that may have come a printed a while back. Uh, I can sure. go online, but a lot of them, even if I'm logged in, will hide those the account number because they don't want that visible. So here's yeah. a great way to have all of that stuff that you, you know, potentially would want to store in a in a file cabinet, or you'd want to store in a safe um, if you believe in this. And of course, given that. These are places, things that you're going to be paying for. That they are known for security. Uh, I feel a little bit more comfortable about saying now I have access to this, and more importantly, Alan, not only do I have access, but my spouse has access. And mm-hmm. so this to me is one of the reasons I'm looking back at doing a password manager. Um, I'm going to get a little, um, you know, a little sad here for a second, but I just went to uh, you know a memorial service of a, a friend of mine that passed away, and mm-hmm. I was helping to take care of his. Digital life, you know. At the time, he was, you know, he had lots of technology, lots of um, logins, lots of things that you know I was helping him work with. But I wasn't working with his wife. And now, you know, he unexpectedly passed away, and I'm thinking, okay, you know what? If we would have had one of these managers to have everything listed in there, it would pretty much just be here's the password yeah. to get in, here's the biometric we're going to set up to make sure you have access to it, and now here you go, you're set, right? And of course, you can do that. You can do that with documents, you can do that with Excel documents, you can print them out, you can have them in your safe, you can do those things. But the uh, the number of times we have to change them, and how often and how diligent we're going to be about it. Uh, I'm much more comfortable, I think, going with one of these and then giving access to my wife and saying, listen, at least we now know that you're not going to get stuck one day, not having access to these things, or I'm not going to get stuck if you go and you're adding logins, right? because we have so many of those things, even if I had to sit down right now and think about this process. If you had to sit down right now and make a physical list of all the accounts that you have, I'm not talking about money accounts. I'm just, I'm saying all the accounts that someone might need to go and log into all the bills, all the, you know, the things you've set up accounts for just random things would be, you'd be hard pressed to think of all of them. And, you know, not only that, but finding the passwords, finding the the latest logins. It is something brutal.
1: that brutal. Honestly, it really it worries me. I spend a lot of time thinking about. Every week I feel like I'm taking little chip steps towards trying to consolidate vital information into one place. Yeah. It's gonna be a little more accessible. Honestly, I hadn't used one password. I know that's the app I was just showing. Haven't used it in a while. Uh, pretty impressed with every everything that they kind of have built in to store. Yeah. And it's got me thinking now that, I mean, I know we're talking passwords and that's what this whole show is about, but thinking about, you know, beyond just passwords, but having one portal location to store everything critical in that situation that you needed to pass this on to somebody else and they need access to everything. How great would it be to just say, look, here's the access to my 1Password right. account. And in there you will find everything. That Bank you need account information, yep. Yep. any ID cards of mine any uh, credit card information, login and passwords to websites, everything is all right there in one spot. So
0: here you go. And and I would, you know, and I'm super happy to say if, you know, if biometrics is the main way of getting into that, you know, giving two fingerprints, you know, saying here, I'm going to let you have access to this, you know, because I, because this this was the one challenge I had with password managers, Alan, and, and I'm sure you probably thought the same thing is, Okay, so now you're saying all of these passwords that I've created, really, there's one password that if someone gets that, I'm really screwed. Not just that it's kind of like saying I have, you know, if I spread all my credit cards out into multiple places, it's less likely that all of them will get lost. But if they're in one wallet and I lose that one wallet, I'm done. Right. And that's kind of what this feels like. But um, but at the same point, having if you said I have access in so many ways to get to that wallet, even if I lose it, I have so much access to get there. Or if someone gets into that, there's a really quick way to turn it off. You know, yeah. that's the other is. thing, right? Yeah. That is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I
1: mean, that's the thing is if you find out for any reason that your your main password account gets compromised and they will notify you if a different device that they're not used to seeing has got access to your, your vault, your password vault, you can disable it. You know, you can yeah. shut that down remotely. And plus, I mean, by default, right now, they're all saying, you know, using touch ID or using biometrics as your way to authenticate one password, for example, says, yes, you can turn on and say, I want to use touch ID all the time to authenticate and to log me in. It still says that every two weeks, even if you have that turned on, it's still going to prompt you for the manual password. So it's got both going on. It's like every two weeks, at least you, you have to still type in the full password, but we're going to let you use biometrics to log in each time. You want to access something.
0: So that's beneficial if if I were to come and cut off your finger. I would only get access for two weeks with your finger, right. right? Before I still I'd have, the have to type remember the password. That password. At that point. Yeah. Or
1: vice versa. You may know the password, but you don't have the finger. Well, you're not going to get terribly far. Yeah. yeah. So that's good. I mean, I would i I'm only apt on using these password manager programs if biometrics are included. If yep. like some way of accessing, it. if it's just all from a single password, which is what it was years ago and why I didn't really spend a lot of time on it because before touch ID was on laptops, touch, touch authentication was on these laptops. Now, um, I really didn't like the idea of just keeping up with one typed in password to unlock all my passwords. I didn't feel like that was quite secure enough, Yeah, but now I do feel a little more, a little more secure with it.
0: Yeah. And, and I would say given that there's one password and now you're saying I'm putting all my eggs into one basket make that a really really good password. Yes. make that exactly. the one password that really is 26 characters maybe it's yeah. the maybe it's the um, maybe it's all the letters to the words of your favorite song or a lyrics mm-hmm. and you're including you know dollar signs for every s and blah 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 right whatever it is but you only have to remember one and you remember that one. And it's a long one and one that no one else is really going to guess or it's going to take an awful lot for someone to uh, to guess or tap into and change it often. Right. Since it's only one change it every month, Um, change it, you know, change it often, because that that was the reason why people started screwing up with passwords, because one, they didn't want to change them and they didn't want to make hard ones because they wouldn't remember and they wouldn't make a lot of them. Well, now this will make a lot of them and this will force you to change it because it's only one, and it's yep. only one to remember. So I think there's, yep. this is key, right? Using a
1: service like 1Password, another one is LastPass, same idea. It works very similar. Yep. Another one that you were just telling me about I'm not familiar <laughs> with, but I was kind of anxious to check out is Keeper yep. Yep. Um, is another one. There are several. I Again, like Brian said, I would only use ones that are pretty reputable. Um, right. Really read up on these and make sure that you're not getting some little – Fly by night operation to manage your passwords because that could be a recipe for disaster.
0: Yeah,
1: finding one that's got a very reputable, it's got a lot of good feedback, a lot of good reviews, a lot of good uh, online review sources of it, and uh, you know they all do basically the same idea. They may right. have some little differences with the way they interact with you or some of the organization options you have with your passwords, but the basic idea between all of these one password, LastPass, Keeper, and so forth, is storing all of your passwords in one place where you don't have to remember them. You just have to remember your one master password and have your touch ID or whatever other kind of measure of authentication to get to it. Yeah. And you can put these services on all your devices, have all your passwords available anywhere you're you're interacting with a computer device.
0: Yeah, and Alan, can yep. I just make a recommendation yep. of when you are looking for services like this, and not just with password manager, of course that's a really important one, but with any services these days, I, I have I have gotten the sense that um, if you're someone that says, you know, type into Google, what's the best password manager, right? The very first thing that you're going to get is probably going to be a sponsored, a sponsored Mm -hmm. link that says, Oh, this one is the best password manager. And you don't realize that that one's probably being sponsored by that particular company. So I always suggest at least, you know, pick five websites that are independent of one another that are doing some sort of review. So, here you go, right? The first few, when it says ad. Okay,
1: yeah. It says ad right there at the beginning. That is an ad. Just because they say 2022's best password manager, that's not an actual source saying that. That is the company themselves saying it because that is an yeah. ad for their own product. So get past the ads. Yep. Then you start to get into okay. There's PC Magazine best password exactly. managers of 2022, CNET best password manager for 2022, Tom's Guide, Tech Radar. Yep. Those are the sources. You're right. You want to look for and really read up on and find and the do
0: right and ones. do multiple. Yeah, pick pick five, pick five articles. Just do a quick scan. They'll all give their list. And if you find yeah. something that is being represented high in all of those lists, then it's it's going to be fairly reputable. And I can already see. Yeah. Keeper is mentioned
1: as the best for PC Magazine as as well as LastPass. 1Password is mentioned by CNET. Tom's Guide has LastPass, 1Password, Keeper as their one, two, and three. Dashlane.
0: Dashlane's another good one.
1: Mm -hmm. Dashlane's good. Um, So again, you're starting to see that, yes, even the three we're talking about and a few others are showing up on all these lists. So they are definitely ones to consider and and see as viable options for you. So, Brian, okay, let's say... Let's say we've, we've just, and I'm actually kind of convinced myself to dig back into some of these higher too. end password <laughs> managers now, yep. looking at some of the things you can do now, but this all may be for nothing before too yeah. long. Okay. As you mentioned at the top of the show, passwords, passwords could be, I think, I, I think we're fairly certain of saying are going to be going away at yep. some point. Uh, we've already seen the need for specific passwords start to diminish. With things like touch ID and face ID and other ways of authenticating yourself. If you think about it, for your phone, it used to be we had to type in a code to unlock it. Now, I guarantee you, none of us type in a code unless the phone's rebooted, and we have to do it the first time or so. Everybody's using their finger or their their face to unlock it. Those are biometrics, meaning they're using something on your body, some physical part of you to authenticate yourself. Um, Apple, just in their last um, uh, Worldwide Developers Conference keynote, introduced that with the next version of their operating system, there's going to be a thing called pass keys. And the way they sold this, and again, this is not revolutionary. Other companies have been moving to this. But again, when if Apple starts to build it in their system, it normally means there's enough momentum behind this idea to really ex- uh, propel it forward. But the idea of passkeys is that it will be using your biometrics exclusively to create and manage your accounts of places online. So, in other words, there are no passwords. Everything is storing your biometric fingerprint, the face print uh, data as a way of authenticating you to a website or service online. So, there is no password. There's not anything to remember right now when you use your touch i d on a website, all it's doing is it's bringing up a stored password and passing that through and to the website, it mm-hmm. filling it in. so there's still a password there. It's just you yeah. don't have to see it because you're you're automatically bypassing it and authenticating it with your fingerprint. Passkeys is looking to try to take that a step further and say there's no passwords at all. There's no password for anybody to crack. There's no hacker that can go and just try to spoof millions of variations of passwords to try to find yours. Everything is intrinsic data based off your biometrics that allows you to log into places. Um, Brian thoughts on this. I mean, this is, this is the way things are going, right?
0: Yeah, no, I, I absolutely the way they're going. And, and I think they're going to continue to improve this. I mean, you know, initially when face ID came out, there were ways of spoofing the face ID, you know, and then it got better, right? It started to get depth camera, so that it would recognize that okay, this wasn't just a picture or wasn't just a mannequin version of your face. All of that, right? So it's getting better and better and better, and it's going to start to use things like retina scans. It's going to start to use, you know, other ways in which you have unique identifiers about you. Uh, and Alan, let's let's also remind people, you know, the the whole the whole reason things like two factor authentication came out was that, oh, well, passwords weren't enough, right? That people can steal the passwords, but if you log in with a password and then we also have to authenticate you a different way and send it to another device, at least it gives us a little bit more confidence. And now I think we're gonna get to where maybe the two-factor authentication maybe comes from the the passkey right i mean i'm a little you know i'm a little weary on okay having a system that is totally different right this is as you said this is going to be something that all websites are going to have to get on board and say let's build in a way for you know our our system to recognize pa- uh, biometrics or our system to go to passkey in order to get the biometrics kind of like you know apple becomes the go between on some of this And that's going to take, that's going to take a lot of buy-in like a lot of, you know, it's going to take companies, you know, building that into their system, which is going to cost money, which some, you know, companies are not going to do for a long time. But I could see the fact that two-factor authentication already being in place where they say, you know what, we already have two-factor, but if we can add this as a possible second factor, like the biometric from their phone or the biometric from their computer, I think that's going to be a first step of this, or at least a way in which that can be built in eventually, Getting to the point that you know those passwords go away, um, yeah. and it makes total sense, right? I mean, people could be saying, "Well, you know, if I'm putting my fingerprint <clears throat> and it's sending my fingerprint data over to that company, what's what's to stop that company from having a digital version of my fingerprint that it can then use?" <clears throat> but that's where you have to make sure that there's some sort of um, you know some sort of uh, encryption that you can be very comfortable with, and, and of course, Apple is one of those companies that. You know, again, if they had a data breach or if they showed that there was a security breach, it would be a nightmare for that company because they, you know, are preaching security and they are kind of, yeah. you know, putting their flag in the ground about security. So um, so I think I think this is fantastic. I mean, they, you know, the the fact that we were requiring people to remember things and given that we had to remember so many things, people were getting lazy and not doing smart you know, techniques and therefore becoming less secure. Um, you know, again, that's what led to two factor authentication. They said, well, let's just double it. Let's just make it two times, you know, the, the, uh, the password or the, uh, the authentication. I think we're getting to the point where, you know, let's get to some things that people can't replicate and it yeah. really is you. Um, And I think it's going to include lots of things, right? There's going to be voice and fingerprint and, you know, there are all sorts of ways in which people can assure that it is you. And I think that's the key, right?
1: A couple of, I agree with all that. A couple of caveats I see, or at least not caveats, but things that I think are going to have to be addressed at some point along with this. One, it looks like Apple's already addressing, again, this is a page from their developer site, meaning this is very early notes on this technology, but it does appear that, like you said, websites are going to be required and services are going to be required to adopt this technology of passkey to allow this to be used to log into their site. Um, but the good thing, at least on Apple's notes, I mean, how valid it is, we'll see that they will work alongside passwords for a while, too. Yep. So if you're a website that can't doesn't want to integrate passkeys using biometric data as your way of authenticating somebody, They will allow the passkey environment to basically still generate that password in the background and pass along to your website. You're still using your thumbprint, your face print, or other biometrics to log in, but it's still using the password in the background. Again, that's very similar to what we already have now, but it is saying that it can kind of work in tandem. So they are realizing that not every web developer is going to be able to move their site to allowing passkeys Going forward, like from day one, it's going to take some time. Um, the second thing I'm a little just questioning about, I love everything we're talking about. And I think from a security purpose, this is where we need to be. This is where we're going to be hopefully very soon. However, I have a Netflix password and I'm going to use passkey to automatically log into Netflix every time I want to watch Netflix. That's great. I happen to have a a a, a son in my house that also will use my same login and password. What happens there? Because all of a sudden, if we're now tying it to biometrics, are we going to have to identify multiple people's biometrics that you want to combine into a single passkey if you want to share your pass- your quote password with another family member? That becomes a question mark for me because as much as as problematic as passwords are, one advantage is I can still write them down to can, someone and yeah, say, you can share hey, them easy. Yeah. You, you need access to my account. Here is my login and password. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And you got it. Well, Biometrics biometric not take that yeah. out of the equation, but yeah. it is something I think we're going to need to contend with. Maybe it's a family sharing type of situation where you can choose to have certain pass keys
0: sure.
1: work across a family environment. If you have other people registered as family members, I don't know. That'll be just something interesting. I'll be waiting to see yeah. what happens with that. But, um, but by all means, from a security purpose and where we need to be with passwords, this is this is definitely the right move to be taking.
0: So. Yeah, and, you know, in and, and what Apple is doing, and I know Google is doing the same thing, and, and um, you know, a lot of these bigger companies are trying to create their ecosystem where they're hitting these things from lots of different directions, right? I mean, Alan, I think I mentioned to you, I, I just, for the first time the other day, used the hide my email uh, mm-hmm. function. And I used it, you know, I went to a restaurant where... Uh, you had to digitally order, right? You had to do it on your phone. And I said, of course, here's, you know, give me a phone number or give me a um, an email address. And I was like, you know, I'm not sure I want to give you an email address that then's going to start creating spam because I've just noticed an increase of spam recently. I'm like, All right, well, let's try to hide my email because this is the one time I'm going to use it. So I don't need to remember it. And it was great, right? You know, Mac creates its own version of an email that gets forwarded to your email. So that company only sees the spoof one, And then that one gets forwarded. So at least I could shut it off and say, yeah, get rid of that. And I don't lose, you know, access. It is great. Um, So I think that's great. But I think the whole idea of, okay, now the thing that the touch points that we've got to get rid of are sharing valuable information that can be misused and Mm -hmm. making sure we validate, right? So as long as there's a validation on one side that we trust, and if I if I make Apple be my my go-between that says, listen, I'm going to validate to you, Apple, that it, this is me, right? This is me, and then if they have some way of creating either a temporary password that works for that account or a a version of the password that changes so that it continues to you know authenticate, and that company mm-hmm. says, listen, we'll we'll allow. You know, a hundred passwords to be you, but they're only ones that can come from Apple that have verified it's you. Whatever that is, whatever that gateway is, that's what we need to get past. Right? We need to get it so yeah. that people can be confident going online, giving information, getting access to information, and assuring that that access doesn't cause a ripple effect of of security concerns. And I think this is Agreed. just another step in that way, which is great. So I agree.
1: Yeah. Completely agree. Yeah. That's great. And, uh, you know, we had a couple of comments, uh, too. I just one I want to bring up talking about the passkeys. keys, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, uh, Shane Flint had a great comment on this, just saying, and look, there's going to be initial bugs with anything new. Uh, he's exactly right. Every iteration yep. of password uh, management we've seen, there's been some quirks. There's been some things to work through, but he is right about this, the bounty, what it, you know, for hackers to actually go after and try to f- find ways to exploit this. Yeah
0: it's um, gonna be big it's gonna elevate too, yeah. so yep. because
1: I mean there again, if you could find a way to crack into biometric level data and find a way to replicate that, it does open up a lot more opportunities. It's a higher threshold, I think it's gonna be much more difficult to do, but it's not gonna deter hackers from trying to find some way to do it, I guaranteed, yeah um, so it's a good point there's gonna be some yeah. bugs, and there's gonna be some it still doesn't mean we can't we we can't we we gotta still keep our guard. On things. Yeah, I don't for think sure. we can uh, ever just assume that everything we do online is going to be safe and protected and nobody can ever get access to it. It's just yeah. what are these companies now doing to give us a high, the highest level they can possibly give us that we all feel really comfortable with? And uh, I, I like the evolutions that passwords have taken. You know, we're still not there to that perfect nirvana yet. But, I mean, I am happier with where we are now than we were 10 years ago, for
0: sure. Yeah. So. And yeah, that Shane Shane's always got some good good comments so I, Well Sh- uh, I Shane I, I,
1: I, I, I if I remember correctly Shane has some involvement in the security <laughs> world
0: so uh I figured so we, this topic we might have- be are you saying we shouldn't have shown his name just now uh, that we should have put an alias? <laughs> yeah. so, Sorry, uh, Shane. Yep.
1: Shane Shane's, uh, Shane's definitely more of an expert in that field. So yeah. we may have to do a follow-up and see if Shane can come and join us and kind That'd of fill in. And, and yeah. especially correct us on anything we said wrong, because I'm sure there may be some of that. Yep. Uh, yes, just Shane said, yes, heavily. He is heavily <laughs> in the security <laughs> uh, yep. arena. So, yeah, And his name done. is not
0: Shane. Um, that is <laughs> a security alias uh, right. at least, yeah, that he's created. Yeah. No, I think Good I think deal. I think we're going in the right direction. Unfortunately, you know the 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 balance between simplicity and uh, security has always been yeah. at at arms, you know, right? at uh, yeah. you know, at a head to each other. So I think we have to we have to realize there if we can get to things where things will still be easy, but more secure, and that's where I think the biometrics is really coming in. Is that you know it's going to be easy to put your finger up on the fingerprint reader. Uh, a lot easier than it is to try to remember something. Uh, And if we can make that secure, and if it means that eventually the hackers get into it, but yet we have to get two and three factor authentication. I mean, telling me to put my finger here and do a second finger and a third finger, that's still a whole lot easier (laughs) than doing your password or look in the camera and do your finger, you know, both together, great. Right, I think that there's lots of ways we can go with that that are a whole lot better than having to remember multiple things. Um, so anything with great.
1: keystrokes, yeah. keystrokes can be tracked. Keystrokes can be monitored. Anything with having to type in a key, uh, any combination of letters and numbers is still so susceptible right now. So right. Uh, yeah. the quicker we can get away from that, the better. I think my our biggest takeaway from this is I do we do recommend having some form of management of your passwords both from a security standpoint to make sure that they're not just easily accessible to anybody and everybody that can get onto your computer. Um, If it means that you can have much, much more unique passwords for different websites by using a password manager type system, where you have a one master password and it allows you to have very cryptic passwords for every single website you visit. That's kind of the best solution you've got right now. I feel like in the password world, For securing yourself is a very, very long, very obscure passwords for each, a unique one for each site you, you go to all protected under a one master password account that is biometrically secured for you. Um, That's, I feel like that's probably about the Holy grail for most common users right now until we get into the next level of, of password security or uh, user security online. Yeah.
0: And Alan, we didn't. We, one thing I wanted to mention, I, I feel like we we should mention just to make sure people can see maybe the potential benefits. One additional benefit of using a password manager is a lot of these will have like family bundles, right? So where it's not just my wife and I who I want her to have access to everything of mine, right? But I also potentially have the benefit of saying, well, let's have a family account, in which could be a parent who, you know, at some point you know that you're gonna to need to have access to their accounts, right? And the ability to then say they have their own login, they have their own access. They don't share anything with you until it gets to a point where, you know, there's gonna be a need to share all of that. So I think that, you know, there's lots of options of of not just, hey, in my house we're being secure, but potentially even, you know, an extended family reason to do that, which I think is um, something that, yeah, you know, Alan, you've talked about, was it digital legacy? Is that the term, yeah. you know, of mm-hmm. making sure that, you know, when you, it, it, you know, you pass on that your information can be put in the right place for people to be able to get access. I think that's yeah. a, this is a great way to do that. So, yeah.
1: it's It's definitely a good tool to get, get working on that for sure. Yeah. yeah family management is great. A lot of these services we talked about, have either individual plans or family plans. And the family plan means you can have multiple people that you as an administrator can choose what access each family member has to different types of passwords or forms or documents you may have secured there. And if you update a password on a service like a Netflix password, it's great because then everybody in your family that you have now shared this service with, we'll get that new password the next time they log in and they don't have to come asking you, Hey, what's yep. the new password yep. and get that updated on their own computer. They actually get it passed to them as long as they're logged in properly. So good. Yeah. It's great stuff. Nice. All right. Well, I'm definitely going to be digging a little bit more in a couple of these programs now that, uh, we've had this discussion yep. and, uh, Unfortunately, our discussions, Brian, normally end up costing me a little bit more money every time we talk. So, <laughs> yeah, I we normally talk get about added cost. on. This-
0: these these are going to require pay, yeah. Uh, but I will say they've they've gotten fairly, um, uh, fairly affordable. You know, two or two dollars a month for a lot of them. Something like that. I've seen that some of them, you know, two to yep. four
1: dollars a month. Mm-hmm. You can get a good individual yep. personal plan to do this. I think it's well worth um, it if
0: you're if you can use all of the features yep. of it. Yeah,
1: although going back again, if if you are a single computing device user. Right or a single platform let's say you're a mac user and you use safari uh apple safari for all of your computing needs on your ipad your phone and your mac and all of your devices are mac devices and they all use the same web browser you can use the built-in functions of password manager which is free doesn't cost you anything just know that the minute you step outside of that mac environment or them. safari environment you're not going to have access to those passwords and that may or may not be an issue so um uh, yeah, yeah. So you definitely have some good options out there. I think a lot of things to take care of your passwords. Um, just please be be good using using your security and your passwords and online. It's very important. All right, All right Brian. Well, if anybody has got some thoughts on this topic, password management, and just some different options and tools you've got available to do that, how can they share that information with us?
0: Yeah, they can send us an email uh, at uh, info at themesh um, and info at the mesh.tv. So, you know, I would love to hear from people that have used other password managers. You know, we obviously, we mentioned having uh, one pass uh, or one password, LastPass. LastPass. Uh, we mentioned Keeper. But I'd love to hear from some others that say this one was great and why, um, so that we could pass that along to, uh, to our listeners. You could also go to the website, uh, which is www.brothers-n-tech.com. Um, and we'll start to uh, provide a little bit more uh, updates there, uh, a little bit more regular on, you know, things that we we hear from users. Um, we can pass that along that way rather than waiting for an episode. So,
1: yeah, great. All right. Well, that is the re- end of our show today, Brian. As always, it's always fun.
0: Yeah, talking. Well, tell the family I said hello, I and mean, this will no, be the last time I talk here. to you until next week. So. All right. <laughs> and even then it's like the bare
1: minimum text of are we recording? Yes. What are we talking yeah. about? This. Okay. See you see you at eight o'clock. And all right. So yeah, we keep it pretty simple. All right, everybody. All right, bro. Thanks so much for watching or listening and we will talk to you all next time. Take care. Right. Bye bye.